<laughs> and we're back in the high life again. Oh shit! If bad. You said that nobody would have known. <laughs> bad dinner guests and sixty grit radio doing a little bonus episode to make up for the uh, lateness that we had on Thursday. Right, we had some busy. We got some busy guys here trying to get some things done, but. We had an interesting topic on your, um, RJ. I completely forgot to introduce us, and I just <laughs> get so used to. Uh, well, you did it the first going. time we tried getting this up. Yeah, then... yeah. It's, I did it on the dry run. <laughs> I, I, I still, I still need a lot of practice. But I'm Kev from Bad Dinner Guests, and RJ's here, host of Sixty Grit Radio, and we did an episode two nights ago. Where you kind of touch base on the Gary Johnson thing. Yeah, um, that went pretty well, I think. We just kept getting off the rails. But it's funny because today, and if you go to Six Secret Radio's Facebook page, you'll find the article. Today, an article was published that basically went through everything I wanted to get over, but they gave you citation. So if you got the chance to read for maybe 15 minutes, just go to my Facebook page, find the article. I think it might have been on Liberty Republic, um, and check out that article. Hit him with the uh, with the Alex Jones man. You got there first. You <laughs> broke the story. Oh, shit. Nah, it was just nice to see a fucking because all the articles have been pro Gary in all of these like major libertarian publications. It's nice to see a few people still stand out. Fucking. Yeah, because it from what I've seen, you would hope that a couple of people would stand out. Yeah. Because it doesn't seem like he's accurately representing. The libertarian message, and again, I'm no expert on that, but just what little I know, it seems that uh, to the the topic that we have been talking about was whether or not Bernie supporters would show up and actually vote for Gary. And my argument for thinking so was that I think that there was a decent enough group in the Sanders followers that were just sort of as you alluded to it kind of going with the flow and just um, sort of long for the ride that's they maybe didn't even necessarily know why they're just they, we don't want to we don't have to crack open the whole thing again but they were just clearly anti-establishment and so I had the th- thought of that just the libertarian party just almost in its sound and in certain sound bites that they could be able to, to swindle some of this vote and it blew my mind when I woke up this morning because I saw a handful of my former Field of Burn friends on Facebook posting this video that I'm about to show you because I had to get your reaction from it um, because I think it just uh, you won't have the context of being able to see what the comments that came along with this but these were former devout Sanders fans who two weeks ago were still you know, one of them even was still posting after Bernie conceded, saying that uh, his only chance was to get his only chance at still running for presidency was to concede in the convention. <laughs> and like he was still holding on hope that it was just a move Bernie was making. Uh, and but now he's switched sides and is now posting about Gary Johnson simply oh. because Gary Johnson is making anti-Trump statements. <laughs> And so everybody loves that. And that seems to be the the quickest route to getting some votes in that camp. But 
I will hold off and allow the video to speak for itself now. So here, this is for you. A misfire on my part. I called him a pussy. Not a chunks of pussy. But the point was, was that, you know what? I've climbed the highest mountain on each of the seven continents. I'm going to do a 3,000 mile mountain bike ride here. Uh, upcoming. Uh, chunks of pussy. I think that Donald Trump alienates more than half of And that's who he's going to, the liberal, or the liberal Republicans. Yeah, and I don't know, again, it looks like we had some technical difficulty here. I'm going to try a little refresh. If it doesn't work, then by, uh, by all means, we can still just kind of, that, that almost was enough for me to get try started. Again, but I definitely like, want to try it again. I don't know what sort of internet issues. It looks like the same memes that I've been seeing on some of the Facebook pages popping up where he's just, again, social issues. And then want to talk about like things outside of anything that matters. Why does it matter that he's climbed seven mountains? You beat me fucking, to it, yeah. You know, all that shit there. He's not saying I lowered my state's budget or anything like that because that's not true. Exactly. <laughs> so that. he's got to keep it off of. And if the candidates are going to make fun of him, he'd much rather be made fun of for saying stupid shit like that than them like attacking the issues at him. So he's, he's trying to run the, the conversation there. Yeah, um, he's he's picking up the quick and easy vote right here as as easily as he can. Just be the next guy in line to sling some dookie over at Donald. I'd like and, to see more of what he said though, if it works. And yeah, and it's it's more along it's a, it's all along the same lines. I'm trying to see here if we might just not be able to provide the video here. Uh, Trump's a pussy. I think that Donald Trump alienates more than half of Republicans. Deporting 11 million illegal immigrants, uh, building a fence across the border, uh, killing the families of Islamic terrorists. Free market, but I'm going to force Apple to make their iPads and their iPhones in the United States. How's that a free market, Gary? Being in the presidential debate. Are you going to force them with uh, guns? He's got anything to say about me, which I'm sure. Well, I think he was saying that that's what Trump is claiming. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, Jesus Christ. I'll just, just start off. I can see him saying that. That's what's so fucking sad. Okay, so I'm going <laughs> to do it one more time. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go back to the beginning so that way I can give the visual back for the YouTube crowd and uh, just uh, that way with the screen sharing, I want to make sure everybody could hear everything that he said. And and if you can't hear it for whatever reason go ahead and just watch it on our YouTube channel and it has the captions with it so I'm gonna give it just one more run so we can both see what he said but the point was was that you know what I've climbed the highest mountain on each of the seven continents I'm gonna do a 3,000 mile mountain bike ride here uh, upcoming uh, Trump's a pussy I think that Donald Trump alienates more than half of Republicans deporting 11 million illegal immigrants, uh, building a fence across the border, uh, killing the families of Islamic terrorists, free market, but I'm going to force Apple to make their iPads and their iPhones in the United States. If it gets down to being in the presidential debates and uh, he's got anything to say about me, which I'm sure he will, um, I'll just start off with the fact that he's a pussy. <laughs> I hope he does. So, yeah, and again, that... Uh brought to you by now this we i found it on 
BVA news put put in front of me that way. So to that goes just right there to kind of what I was getting at in general with my with my overall just disdain for this election process this year is there's been it's not just him that's doing this it's pretty much all we've got now available to us has been just sort of this emotional <laughs> pitch every right. time now there was nothing there was hardly anything informative in that little soundbite also you may not have noticed this and this is my my nerd shining through here but as somebody who's edited a lot of video there were a lot of edits in that. That was this so. This now that does is they try and make the fucking. It's a video meme. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, so, but a lot of times, like when people are listening to this and they don't actually get to physically see the cuts, they won't get to see how frequently the frame changed. Which, yeah, in itself adds a little bit of context to the interview and the situation because if you see that that's actually. 20, 30 different sound bites from one interview, it makes you wonder what else he was saying in his little rant that he went on. Because he didn't say anything, not only, and this isn't even sort of like a, if you don't have anything nice to say sort of thing. I, I don't know, if you want to talk some trash, fine. But it, it just, it didn't have any substance. I don't even see how it, in a, in a logical and rational world, how it would have actually helped him in any way. But yet, I'm seeing the evidence on the internet of it having a positive effect for him and it's just maybe if he gets to the end, man i don't think we're gonna see gary johnson presidency oh we're but getting shit like that out there like the the republicans he's talking about are the people that call themselves socially liberal fiscally conservative so they're still status but they want a few less rules for like what you do in the bedroom and that kind of shit well, and that was maybe the <laughs> smartest thing about his little bit was i felt like he sort of was able to make a swoop at the outsiders on both sides of the coin by by mentioning, you know, that by, t by taking the Bernie stance of, like, Trump is an idiot, sort of, you know, making that yeah. play on the liberal side and then on the Republican side, pointing out that... They're going to beat him at that game. I mean, they're going to... They're going to smash him. He's trying to play... A, he's trying to act like the tough guy around Trump. He's never going to be able to be portrayed as the tough guy against Trump. Like, Trump will challenge him to a boxing match and then call him a pussy for not showing up. Like, you don't beat Trump at that shit. He will play the wildest card. He doesn't give a fuck. Like, and then Hillary is a ruthless politician. She's going to dig up whatever past he has, which isn't good. Like, I don't think he's going to win taking this angle, which sucks for the Libertarian Party, but in my opinion, it's a good thing. Because, again, he's not a Libertarian. He's seeking the, the socially liberal, fiscally conservative Republican those still, the fiscally conservative, are funneling the most money into our fucking military. No libertarian is for the standing army we have. Yeah, right or yeah. that kind of fucking... Well, but Gary might be. Oh, yeah. I can't <laughs> wait. I'm terrified to see what he says about college, because that is what would get him the rest of this youth vote. If he said something about defaulting on those loans or anything about along those lines about forgiveness, if he goes there, I'm completely wrong. He's going to get him. Yeah, which, and, and I will say, I don't see a presidency coming his way. And, but for me, it just, the of the whole broadcast that you did the other night, the, the part that resonated with me was when you said just the mere concept of a devout Bernie supporter being able to then realign with a libertarian candidate was a red flag. And for me... What I kind of just 
I've kind of take ran took took what that what you said and sort of ran with it in my head as far as I think that paints the bigger picture of the entire election in general here, where we don't seem to be smart enough to make this decision almost anymore. It's, it's not. It doesn't seem to be based. <laughs> Why on are we logic. deciding on the one man that has control over three hundred million people? That is a retarded concept to begin with. Like, why is there somebody in D.C., which in turn means somebody in Ohio gets to go there and also vote and all that kind of shit there, but why does anybody on that side of the country get to say anything about what happens in California? Vice versa. Like, you don't... It shouldn't fucking matter. You don't have any, like, touch there other than what the government provides to you. Yeah. It's, uh, it's completely archaic. Like, that many people for look to one... It's fucking religion. I mean, the Pope... It's that we don't get it, to choose to follow him. Like it does guns. feel it does feel strangely at times like like a religion. I mean, I alluded we alluded to it about about Bernie that at times it felt a big enough Bernie rally could feel it didn't really have that cold atmosphere where it was just sort of um, and you run into it a lot uh, in the world of the truth movement and conspiracy <laughs> theory. You run into a lot of cognitive dissonance, and while on the on the truther side of it, they will say, well, you can't ever prove anything to a sheep because they've been indoctrinated for years and they, it goes against what they believe, so they're automatically rejecting the new evidence. But they don't realize that they're talking into a mirror on that, that one because the second you go to bring up something that disproves someone's conspiracy theory, they don't want to hear it, and they usually have really generic answers like, well, oh, it was faked, or yeah. <laughs> You know, they, they have just, like, oh, well, I mean, they could fake that. You know, there's never really a thought-out answer for when someone goes out to disprove it. And that has led me into my research this week for an episode that is going to be probably a couple of weeks coming out now. For We have the, the Waco Ruby Ridge one is going to be next week because our, our guest got pushed back. So we're doing one on the fly this Were week. Were they at Waco or Ruby Ridge? Stay no. tuned to find out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so our, our old our old ghost hunter friend will be back. Who knows where Who knows where he went this weekend? I don't even know. Probably to a haunted honky-tonk in Nashville. <laughs> They're all haunted. Yeah, they are all haunted. <laughs> Too much line dancing. But And, and so the, the I went on a bit of a conspiracy tangent there. I had to just get out the idea that I'm having this big time struggle where I feel like everywhere I turn for answers, I'm being lied to regardless of what the message is that's being sent out. And I wanted to introduce that because it's probably going to come up a few more times from me over the next couple of weeks as I continue to research. But what it, how it pertains to what we're saying is I just, I feel like we have really lost a, our grasp on reality <laughs> as as we have I'm right dot com. Say what? Say we have I'm mean. right dot com. Like <laughs> I, the one thing the government like schools did that was like kind of cool is they told you there was bias in all media from the get go, and they told you that you had to read multiple stories and then form your own opinion. And like what an educated reader would do, and what we've lost in this meme generation where you build the fucking news stories that you see every day. Like, now you just fucking, it goes off your likes, so they predetermine you're going to see shit that you want to see. Yeah. And then on top of that, you're you're going to these websites, you're going to Jezebel or Breitbart or something like that, and you're only reading that. 
and what like at least they said you needed to do and it seems like everybody's forgotten now that it's so easy to just get on Facebook is to, to cross-reference the shit see what the argument against is and then see which one holds up better well, and, and that brings you're bringing up a really good point the what may be the big boogeyman of the scenario is that sort of now they're the, shutting down <laughs> well yeah just I just like the the what you're talking about with the personalized advertising and everything being sort of set to already, you know, it's already known. It's no secret on the internet what you like and don't like, what you what you watch, and all this good stuff. So, with the algorithms that get put in, it's easy to see how your perspective can maybe, even if you don't want to agree, that your perspective could be altered by what you choose to view and. Um, I would make the argument of if you don't believe that is a possibility, take the scary movie challenge, and just do only only just only consume scary movies for like two two weeks or so. Mm-hmm. Like don't break it off with comedy. Don't whatever you're doing, whatever you put yourself in, like scary movie. Do it. You can do it with like dramas. Do it with depressed movies. If you just broke up with someone. Don't do this because <laughs> that will have a big influence. But like you know, you can watch like back. breakup movies. Oh, oh, I've I've done it just because I have a a little personal tradition where the month of October I try to go as long as I can with watching at least one scary movie a week, and it turned at one one year it turned into the concept of I'm only going to watch like The Walking Dead or. It's got to be some sort of Halloween-related television show, whatever I'm watching. So I went from one a day to I'm only going to consume Halloween stuff for the entire month. And I've never made it an entire month. But it it, it really did have an effect on me and on, uh, for instance, my ability to not be afraid of the dark as a a grown man, (laughs) uh, things like that. And I just, like... um, did you get by a nightlight? No, I didn't buy a nightlight or any, anything that extreme. But you know, it, long walks home from work in the dark make you a little jittery, and that's. And I think that's why that's a good one because uh, horror movies use a lot of subtle and not so subtle triggers. Um, people notice them a lot in, in scary movies because they're more on the nose with the big crescendos and the jump scares and all that yeah. stuff. But yet. Although they're very on the nose, they still work. Yeah. There's a reason every scary movie has these things in them because they work. They get you. They change the, the pace of your heart rate. Right. And, and these it's these are things that give us that tangible evidence of okay, sitting down and consuming this has an effect on me. You know, you haven't moved an inch, but yet your heart rate has accelerated big time. Okay, that right there should be enough evidence for you to at least open the door a little bit to the idea of okay. What I watch can directly have an effect on me internally in one form or another, and so yeah, yeah. that's just where what I'm saying. I with think that you is, could definitely apply that to the positive reinforcement of constantly getting fed your own media because, like, you're seeing other people agree with you, and the, the, of all the benefits of the internet, like a self us building into our own fucking like what we want to see, even if we're doing it uh, like unconsciously. Yeah. You know, like, that's constantly reinforcing the idea. And it's not hard to get a uh, fucking article published online. Not with all these magazines. And if you have the right headline, it can go viral once. Or if it's fucking trendy enough and Fox News picks up on it and says, because three people complain that it triggered them, 
new article triggering, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that gets built to you and you're constantly seeing people say, yeah, I deserve this or vice versa. Yeah, man, we need to invade Iraq and Iran. You know, like it can go either way, but you're building your own newsfeed to constantly tell you the things that you already agree with. Yeah, and at YouTube. The conspiracy, because you were talking about like maybe you're coming off of your like siding with the truthers, that kind of thing there. Maybe not the truthers to, like specifically, but the kind of conspiracy theory guys, because like when they get argued with, they shut down. Like, because, like, as soon they've never seen the arguments through their own theory, their brain doesn't know what to do. They're so fucking sure they're right. All they do is fucking, yeah, fucking anxiety and, attack. And, out. They, and they resort <laughs> to really childish uh, bullying techniques where they basically is essentially what they do is la 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 yeah. la. I can't hear you. They just talk over you. They do that. You know, they, like, they the do safe the most childish La 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 la. Like that's what the new safe space is. Like you're fucking toddlers. It's, yeah, it's <laughs> the safe space. space exactly, and that's what and that is what has turned me off about all these big personalities in the so-called truth movement. The Alex Joneses of the world, the Clyde Lewis's of the world. It's because they. It seems that the last hour of their show, every once in a while, they'll bring one caller in to be fodder. That they just they don't they don't hear that person out. They yell over them constantly, and. And then the rest of the calls usually are there basically just to stroke them off. Yeah. And to reinforce their points. Um, uh, for instance, uh, I think, I can't remember, I had somebody call, I heard somebody call in on one of these shows the other night, simply just repeated exactly what was said by the host about an hour before and jumped off the line real quick. <coughs> like maybe a 15 second call base. You say, hey, just want to tell you you were right. <laughs> Oh, thanks. I really appreciate the call. You know, yeah. It means a lot to me. Well, no shit. You're just <laughs> sitting in the booth just stroking yourself off. And, yeah, it's, they, they don't want to hear. And anybody who really had your best interest at, at heart, I would think, would tell you, you keep an open mind about this. I may not be right. It's not about me wanting to be right. Like, who, the kind of guys that brag about predicting these events, like, oh, I, I said that this was going to ha happen. Um, Bill Cooper was one of those guys. He used to be a guy I really trusted in this movement, and I now I've gotten to the point where I don't trust him either. But when you get to the point where a guy is proud about being right that he predicted that an attack would happen, you know, or it, who can, you know what I mean? Like, that's not a good thing either. That's a terrible thing. Like, I, I, to me, where it's just like, uh, it, it's not about the truth anymore so much as it is about reinforcing what you th what you think is going on like it's not to him it's to me it's it, i don't think that a lot of these people care that things get better so long as they still have a platform <coughs> to talk about it and predict and get their views across sometimes though like i hate to play devil's advocate for that guy because that it like he comes across like pretentious douchebag but at the same time you have to recognize like things have to get worse before they get better like, more people Absolutely. need to be pissed off. Like, there's still too many people, obviously, turning out for the Hillary Clintons of the world. There's too many people looking for a politician that's good at being a politician. And the only way a politician gets by is by passing bills or acting like they are. Like, that's the only way they make a living to stay in there, is by reporting back that they did something. That's how we end up with the fucking crazy size of government we have now. Yeah, and that, well, and that's a big problem for it, of it. <laughs> for me as well is the whole idea that it's going to change it's going to require a, 
a bigger overall change. I don't, I don't want this to get turned into someone saying that I'm saying the government needs overthrown. That is not what I'm saying. But to merely suggest, I'll suggest it. That <laughs> I don't that, go on. <laughs> I was just to merely suggest that electing a president is going to change the system at all. I think is the first, the first stone <laughs> that needs thrown. I guess you know let. When these guys start talking about that in general, the overthrow stop, of the government, and not overthrow of the government, oh. but when they stop pushing a candidate in front of my oh, face okay. and acknowledge the fact that this guy isn't going to be able to solve all my problems, I don't even want—I don't need them to say that your government is corrupt, your government is coming after you. You know, you need a revolution. I just want to hear them acknowledge the fact that one man in this really convoluted and complicated system that we've created is not going to have the ability to do all the things that he's promising you instead of saying, well, this guy sounds legit, or I really like what Hillary has to say about this. It's, you know, whether, I don't know what the first step is. Is the first step educating the public to ha the the process? Because they don't seem to really be interested in that. I think and most people know what the process it. is and they're okay with it, is the issue right now, because so far the majority of Americans haven't been completely disenfranchised by it. But, well, so to what my what I'll counter with is I don't think that people really know because um, back to the, the guy that I told you about, I heard he was asked to define democratic socialism and he couldn't. And instances like, do you remember hearing how upset Bernie supporters were when they heard about the superdelegates? Do you remember how often that had to be explained okay. to people? Like they understand that I I'm not. I'm not suggesting that the average American doesn't understand like that they vote and the electoral college and that stuff. I'll give them that. But I think that there is so much red tape and so many gray areas that, I mean, there's a reason it's been turned into a major in college. I, mean, I don't think that was ever really the original intention was to make the government so complicated that you'd have to study it. I think that the average doesn't understand enough to know what what they can even do to change. Because all we we can maybe I give the average voter too much credit. Because you're right. I think after the primaries, which still nobody cares about, because at the end of the day, the only reason primaries are there is to feed us or two candidates. And just seeing people tune out of that or get fed up with it yeah. and just vote for whoever resonates in their head as the right person. And like it's the it's the uh, it's the illusion of choice. So to me. I never understood why, like, why isn't there a nomination vote? Isn't that how it should be decided? Well, Shouldn't we all start with a blank piece of paper and write who our presidential nominee is, and then we, we gather our pool, <laughs> let's say, based on, okay, the top eight. So we don't run into a situation where we have Two problems. 16 people running for Republican. and A few problems, actually. Still, you're selecting people for a two-party system. Not only that, you're selecting a person to run 300 whatever whatever our fucking population is yeah. at now, you're still doing it for that. And then, okay, so how many times do you narrow down that field before you take the vote? There's going to be a disenfranchised population from that if you did it. And then if you're going to do it twice, why not just do it once and whoever's the most out of that? And in that case, it is what it is now. Than... It's the same thing you're saying, but it happens twice. You know what I mean? Everybody's writing in whoever they want, and that's where the third party comes in. If it, That's where that 15% of the vote comes in. Like the system you're describing exists, 
the two parties have taken it over. Like, if enough people poll, that's how you get into the, the election, you know what I mean? So the two parties exist, but there is actually still, it's not, it's not written in stone that the two parties exist, and that's what the hope of getting Gary Johnson to the, the 5% so he gets on that debate stage is. But to get on the ticket, you don't have to be a part of either of those parties. We actually do that already. But the, the Democratic Party and the Republican Party have a monopoly on that, mainly through gerrymandering. And you look into that there, like, they give and take on that because it still keeps a third party out of those areas because they own it. So, yeah, all the Democrats are going to fuck with it to give them the vote, or all the Republicans are. But, you know what, we'll still have a chance to, to swing back. But you bring in that third party candidate into those local elections and shit like that, that's where you see shit change. But through gerrymandering, they, they do a pretty good job of keeping that happen. Um, that's kind of like the issue I have with democracy as a whole as we see it, but mainly with what you were saying about, you know, we all write in a candidate, we already do that. That's how Gary Johnson exists. Or the Green Whoa. Party candidate or Constitutional Party candidate, something like that. You just need to get enough people to say they would vote for you to be on that. Uh, okay, fair enough. Essentially, no, don't don't be sorry. That That's the whole point of this, um, is for us, you know, to bring our opposite perspectives together and just see see where we can get in an actual conversation. And because this is what, this is at least to me the first step. Uh, until we can get people to actually listen to opinions that don't line up with what they already think, then you're not going to really, you're really doing yourself a disservice because... All you're ever doing is feeding into what you already believe, and you're not actually growing. Uh, it, it just, for instance, I, th I think our generation has a bigger problem with this than anyone else ever has. When I look around at the feeding themselves, no, like, I, I was, I was going, where I was going with it was our our generation to me is is in the uh, to steal the the name of the television show. We're we're stuck in Arrested Development <laughs> where it's I, I walk okay. around and like I go to McDonald's and I see just a bunch of giant children okay, yeah. fighting to yell and scream over their children instead of you know and, I, and I'm not a parent so I, I can't begin to understand what that's like but when I as an observer what I see is I see two people behaving like children and whoever is louder and bigger ends up winning the discussion and I again at a at a young enough age, you know, I can't, my opinion has to come with that disclaimer, okay, I've never raised a child before, I don't know what it's like, but that seems to be sort of a, a, a recurring theme that I see in my life, that I see a lot of adults just sort of really just frozen in adolescence, and I don't know what exactly is to blame for that. Uh, a lot of people want to blame the internet. A lot of people want to blame television. I th think it's. I don't know. I honestly, I, I, I could. The American dream reason. guarantee. I think it's, that's what's done it. If you, I'm sorry to cut you off, but no. if you had a thought there, like I, I give the school a little bit of credit on telling us to check our resources. What they <laughs> fucking did wrong is from fucking like fourth grade on, tell you if you go through these steps, you're going to get the job. You're going to get to do this. At the same time, they're telling you, follow your dreams, don't settle for anything, and you'll make it. And they're fucking, from day one, feeding into that mythology 
that everybody gets to do and be exactly what they see themselves as wanting to do and be and not that you have to buckle down sometimes and make a living and a lot of it it's fucking instilled from day one and then you go through college and the entire time you're there they're reinstalling in your mind that you need this and these are the jobs that you're going to get and this is the money you're going to make you know you're not going through these courses and them telling you hey by the way you're paying a shit ton of money that you're going to have to pay back and you're never going to find a job in this field that's going to pay for it Right. Like, how many people do you have that are friends that have a fucking college degree and are working in a completely different field? Most of them. Yeah. So Most, <laughs> it is the, it is the definite minority of people that I know that are doing what they signed up for. Exactly. They show they did their time in the system, but at the same time, they're not doing what they love. So they're completely fucking disheartened for the first time in their lives. They're not, because in college, I mean, you're, you go to school and you party, or you go to school and you study hard and you get A's and you feel good about that. Out, out when you're in the real world, neither of those things are a definite. You might go to work and do a great job and the boss still think you're a piece of shit for it. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, But you're not getting that constant reinforcement that, yeah, you're good, here's this, hey, you're good. You know, it's yeah. not all falling together like they talked about. And I think that's what's led to a lot of the, the degradation of our uh, generation. Well, I see what, what, where I tend to lean with it, and I also want to preface this by saying that people need to have self-accountability, that that might be, number one, <laughs> is, the, exactly. is the concept that no one wants to be accountable for themselves, but I also do believe that in a way it's been, that this mindset has been nourished, that the, the adults, what, what, I, what I see, the cycle that I see with human relations at this point, and I, don't, and I don't know how long it's been going on this way, but it seems for a while, is that the adults or the older humans, what they really want, whether it be your boss at work or the guy who has seniority over you at work or your mom or your older brother or your aunt or uncle, is all they really want from you is to fall in line and fill the role that they need you to fill and not advance to a point where they then have to turn around and answer to you. And so I feel like there's, that the competition of life, the, the competition that life has turned into, where in order for you to have this American dream that initially is pitched to you as something everyone will get, and that, like you said, it's as far as you follow these steps, you're gonna get what you need, get everything you desire, and then the reality is that in order for you to get what you need, you're going to have to step on a few people, break a few rules, and make some compromises. <laughs> and there are people That's that nice. understand that better, and they take advantage of the youthful, bright-eyed, while they're still in that age, that young 20s. No and people either either then get broken or... But yeah, I, I think it's been... Not that it was a systematic approach, but that the cause and effect of really sort of the, our system that we have in place has just turned it into... There's really no desire to usher in. There's no desire to make this upcoming generation great so long as they just stay out of our way and we can get our shit done and make it great because what we've done is just had that sort of bubble around just us and what our, what our immediate things are that we care about. And as long as that's taken care of, yeah. we have a real apathy towards everything else now. Yeah, um, and you see things like the basic living wage coming in now to the dialogue from the fucking Libertarian Party. But, like, <laughs> no, they've been coddled. And, like, through high school into college, they they have somebody to, like, set the guidelines for them, set the standards, and that's there to me. 
And not only that, it's interesting. You're doing new shit all the time. They don't talk about how monotonous work is for most people. And no matter what you're doing, I don't care if you engineer cars for a living. At the end of the day, after a few years of doing it, yep, going in and making that new model of car, and that's why that new yuck, young up-and-coming person takes over. But what people don't see is that it's the state keeping those old fucking state ways of shit going as the issue. But it's definitely a self-feeding machine. I just tend to lean toward self-fed. <laughs> yeah. But been I, built to look toward. And I just, it, it wasn't until I finally got plugged into the corporate machine to where, like, I, I went through all of high school with one of my most recurring thoughts being sort of, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> Why is it this way? This doesn't make sense. I had the privilege, I suppose, of living in several different states and attending eight different schools in the 12 grades that it takes to get your high school diploma. So I got to see a lot sometimes within states, sometimes across the country it would be the difference in seeing how how things worked and it just like it, it I, I never quite understood it. I didn't, I didn't quite understand the system that we had in place until I got that corporate job. <laughs> then it really all started like, to make oh, sense. Oh, I need my yes sirs and my yes ma'ams in like, line. Yeah, I need oh, to be able to turn in this reporting. Yeah, it's like I got this. I got this schedule. The days are broke because you really you don't. If my my corporate schedule is really broken down to me like periods out of the day, everything is either a thirty minute or an hour block. Right. And like, <laughs> you know if you That's if hilarious. you have to you know I so it was just like high school. It it really is, uh, especially during my training time. It was, uh, it's sort of required, not one of those things that's not required, wink, um, <laughs> that I take my lunch at exactly noon just to make the rest of my schedule work. But it, but the read, but my sort of, again, because I like to just pick my own brain apart and pull the strings and see why, why I react the way that I do, I would sort of thought of it as, well, isn't it interesting that the first month that I'm here, as I learn my job, I have a set schedule that really is built to me to feel like my high school schedule. Like, it's easy to convert of, back it, into. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So once you're out on your own with that block scheduling, it will change. Yeah, oh, absolutely, really? it changes after so that first month. It's then an open. I have a three-hour window throughout the day in which I can arrive at work, and I just have to stay my nine hours, and I can take my hour after you're done with whenever this I want. Yeah. After after <laughs> I after I pass my four tests. Let's get this in. I, I would feel familiar. Yeah, you see <laughs> what I'm saying? Hilarious. I've had four different tests. I get about a week to do one. A lot of them come in the form of a presentation. So maybe they are preparing you for these jobs a little better that, than what I give them that, credit for. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is they're, they're not preparing. Yeah, they're preparing you to be a cog in the machine. I got you. They're not preparing you to excel in the machine. They're preparing you to come in and fit the spaces that will be need. You know, they're, yeah. they're, you're, you're, they're, they're making you a good hamster. They're not <laughs> making you, you know. Maybe that's why I fucking, the one time I worked in the warehouse, it's the first thing I noticed. It was it was just like high school. Yeah, ran to a bell. Yeah, and it wasn't just that. It was like people self-segregated into their own cliques and this and that. And there was the lazy clique and the fucking yep. one, a couple, like, the other thing I noticed was living up here in Columbus, like, they weren't all fucking segregated either. It was like there was a couple cliques of just Somalians, but even they self-segregated between themselves. But then all the other cliques had a few Somalians, a few Hispanics, a few just white guys. Like, it was crazy. But, yeah, they all went in their own little groups and talked shit. And then you had the supervisor who's really just the fucking principal. And yeah. he only got brought problems. 
Exactly. But, so, yeah, but you were talking about how much you hated, like, when you were in school, you were, like, seeing it, and you're like, why is it like this? Like, you knew the kids that were never going to use that history class or that science class or, God forbid, that math class. Yeah. Like, you knew who they were. Try, like, being the kid that never showed up to school except for test days or the mm -hmm. review day before the test, arguing with the teacher or debating or just, like, answering all the fucking questions and then the next day passing the test with a B and then going back to watching, like, TV and playing Xbox. The rest of the You're like, why the fuck is everybody coming here and going through all this shit? It's not that hard. Like, review day, they go over the fucking shit. It's really just to get that fucking... It feels like, at least, just to get that schedule built into your fucking head. And, and that was... It, I didn't... Ex it, damn. It, I really think <laughs> it is. And so the other, the other part to this that has always blown my mind is we're sitting here in science class learning about Pavlov's dog <laughs> and then as soon as that little bell rings we all get up in a panic and grab our notebooks and hurry up and put them together get our, our pens in our pockets and we know that we have five minutes to make it to the next doorway and I, my god I better not fucking not make it within those five minutes and they're teaching you about it while training you to do it's revelation of the method like right there if I've ever seen it where because your conspiracy theorists like to use that term hidden in plain sight, but that was an instance where I sat back and was just kind of like, dude, really, man, like, this, you're, you're, you're sitting here, you're teaching us about doing this <coughs> to dogs, and here we are, and you're doing this to us. We're just animals with a fucking conscience. That's all we are. We're self-aware fucking animals. Yeah. We're it, that easy. And, that, it, and that's, <laughs> it's that simple complexity right there. <laughs> But yeah, it just, it kind of blows my mind, and I, I, that's really the, I, I bring that up because I think that's the biggest thing we can equate it to. I see us all at this point as sort of a, a guinea pig generation, that we're like a, we're Pavlov's dog. They're, that I think that, especially those of us, for instance, I have a very, I have an entry-level education when it comes to the, the the brain. Mm -hmm. I took entry level classes because of my major in business uh, on philosophy, logic, psychology, sociology, and so I understand just basic core <laughs> concepts of this. And but there are people that are experts that have understood, you know, the difference between brain waves and how you react to the TV as opposed to how you react. I mean, we all get tunnel vision when we mm -hmm. stare into a television. Like that's a thing that you can oh, see and feel. And um, it just, uh, shoot, I got thrown off, uh, <laughs> I forget. But you were talking about how we, like, reacted to, like, different ways to different media and how it's different, like, even though you didn't really have a great understanding of it, people that did have a great understanding oh, of that, it. Oh, that, that, yeah, who, who's to say that, that they aren't the ones that are, you know, what, what jobs are they doing? Like, for instance, Edward Bernays was the, the nephew of Sigmund Freud. He's the father of... Yeah propaganda he created the term public relations okay um made pr firms a thing he is the original spin doctor he's the reason we eat bacon and eggs for breakfast why the fuck are businesses um, on twitter <laughs> if they listen to him they wouldn't be go on i'm yeah. sorry oh no i'm just saying that um so there are people like him that if he was smart enough and able to figure out psychology behind things and the new version of marketing is to sort of convince someone to come to you wanting to buy it rather than you selling it to them. Well, so how are they doing that? If, if these little cues aren't in marketing, if these subliminal messages, if they don't exist, how is it that someone can walk into a Best Buy knowing that they want to buy an iPhone or knowing that they want to buy an Apple Watch? Is it... 
I think we do more like research how is it, into... How is impulse buying a thing if there aren't these subtle little... You know what I mean? If if it's not at least possible... Um, I'm just... That's my thing. I'm saying... Yeah. I, I don't... That's why, that's why I don't believe that it's impossible that our brains could be affected by whatever it's it, whatever it receives. Like, I, I think we're more of a sponge than we'd like to believe. No doubt, but... The nice thing about us is that we have we do have the option to decide what we absorb as a sponge. And the nice thing about like I hate to talk shit about business and marketing because I think that is the best thing that can happen to people is the spread of information in competing companies. And the nicest thing is is that yeah, Apple might use a bunch of subliminal shit to try and get you to buy it, but if you're somebody that researches it, you might decide for the droid. And enough people do that there's that argument and then a fucking with at least technology Windows phones comes in people are talking about it way before it ever gets released. Like, people are actually looking this shit up and seeing what it's about. With political parties, it's every four years. So, not only do they control what messages are getting out there, mm -hmm. then it's every four years. So, you're only getting interested every four years. You get to do the same research it takes to learn about the phone or something you're buying from a store and make up your mind about either candidate. And now they're making it all topical, so it's even fucking easier for you to squeeze it in because it's all on your Facebook feed. And it already fits into what everybody else's status is, so they look like they're your best friend. Yeah. Best Buy has a harder time doing that with a cell phone. You know what I mean? Like, if they squeeze that in your news feed, you're a little bit more skeptical about it. But if it's Hillary Clinton saying that, since day one, I believe all gays should be able to get married, I don't know that she's actually said that because it would be a lie. <laughs> but you know what I mean? And it fits in with the rest of your news feed. That's a little bit different than, check out the new iPhone 4S. And then when they put the fucking Mountain Dew and you even complained about on, uh, was it on... Bread and Circus episode of Bad Dinner Guest. Yeah. You were complaining about Xbox Ones being, or 360s being in Transformers. A lot of people bitched about that. I think that's the reason we don't see politicians inserting themselves into, into that kind of shit so much as trying to get that kind of shit to insert themselves in. So the politicians, I think, do a better job of it by getting these people to speak out. You get Ludacris to say this or that or fucking Snoop Dogg or somebody that's anybody you know what I mean well, like and then to, yeah, to me that uh, I'll let you finish but no basically what I was getting at is that I think it's self-fed but the fact that it only comes up four years is the reason why we keep having only two parties involved what and you were talking about like you not talking about an overthrow of the government I think if the government is actually as corrupt as some people believe and is like impossible to penetrate the, these two parties you need a Ross Perot moment but on a fucking huge scale and what that like what I'm saying is is that you need to see just like we see the amount of people that didn't actually support Hillary Clinton and are still winning all these primaries you need to see somebody that everybody's throwing their weight behind and still doesn't get the presidency to the point where they're outraged they shut Ross Perot up real fucking quick maybe that's something Gary Johnson could do but again I don't want him spreading our message because it's the same thing as their message it's not going to bring a change yeah that's... <laughs> but I don't know I felt like you were kind of saying it might be a little bit the company's buying and paying for this shit here. I think it's the other way around. Um, but maybe yeah, yeah. At, the, at the end of the day, what, yeah, what I believe is that corporate and private interest are, pro are most likely what actually will, yeah. has the rule and to say that our politicians are paid about as well as our professional athletes and there's a reason for that because it's all just a big show at this point. Um, <laughs> That it just keep us focused. Like I, I think it's even it's been very recent. I think to me, I think it's been 
since 9-11 that this is sort of in, this infusion. Uh, it went a little bit before that, but it really got sped up after 9-11, where it's, uh, your, your news program feels more like a television show than it does yeah. a news program. And, for, like, for instance, um, Conan did this thing to... He, he put some video up when he first went on TBS to talk about kind of sort of how he wasn't controlled, and it was a clip of every news station, not every news station, but just 20, 30 different news stations, and they all have the exact same introduction <laughs> to Conan O'Brien. Like, just show, just as a way to show you, like, no matter where you're sitting down, there's the potential that you're all getting the exact same, and it's just odd that with the idea being you have it's the illusion of choice. Back to where I was going at, it's, it's you have this illusion where you think you can, like, oh, I can go over here and watch CNN, or I, you know, I can watch MSN. And in that, in that degree, okay, you have some sort of choice there. But those stations clearly have some agendas. But even in your, but to show you that even in your local news, it's just the same stuff getting funneled down. It's a funnel system where the decision of what can and can't be said gets made. And then it funnels out from the bigger news sources, and all the little guys can do is pick up the scraps that are immediately broken. How often is CNN just already there? Like in Paris, the Bataclan incident, there just happened to be a CNN. And I'm not thinking, don't go the conspiracy theorist route, but like a, a local a local broadcast station, they're not going to have the resources to be there within the hours. Right. CNN was like, CNN was at the Bataclan while it was happening. If I had CNN's budget that. or their credit, I probably should say. I would have a fucking major news reporter in every major city. Well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. They were already in Paris yeah. for something else. I'm not saying like that. I wasn't trying to yeah. go. That's why I stopped myself. I knew the sentence I was saying started to sound like it was like predetermined or that they had foreknowledge. I wasn't trying to go that route. What I was trying to say is they have the resources to be there yeah. when stories break. So if you're the one breaking the story then every other story that comes out is based off of that story that you broke. So you are controlling it. Again, yeah. It's an illusion of choice. You don't have the choice. What you have are different flavors of ice cream made <laughs> by the same company. That's I got you. That, so me, it's that's, tainted. It's that, all that's, tainted. that's what American choice is to me, yeah. is it's all coming from the same source, and you think you're choosing, but in reality, you, it's just a trickle-down effect. You're just getting a different flavor. I, of the same product. That makes a lot of sense. So, like, even though they are a bunch of different flavors, they're they're all fucking the same shit at the end of the day. Um, whatever that fucking little piece that's planted in there is, it's going to make it all across. The nice thing is, is it, and they haven't cracked down on it yet in America, they've tried to get their fingers in there, is we have the internet. And you look at the Arab Spring and shit like that, where the internet overran the state media control because people were able to see what was actually happening, what, not what the state-ran media is saying. And while, you know, you have business interests involved in, in political interests, so these, these news partnerships have their fingers into the politicians. Luckily, so far, the politicians don't have their fingers completely embedded the other way, and they're not on the Internet. And maybe what I'm discounting is the amount of people that still don't get online and look up other perspectives of it. I'm probably giving a lot of credit to people and discounting the idea that a lot of people still just tune to CNN or just tune to Fox News, so they're getting that little bit of taint across the board, and then fed whatever feeds into the rest of it. So, and then, well, what a lot of people say, just to add to what you're saying, a lot of people's method is, well, 
I will turn to the BBC because I don't trust American news. And it's like, well, okay, I will give you the credit of your stepping outside for your source. But to me, it's the same thing as saying, well, like, oh, well, I read the Jerusalem Times. So it's like, okay, well, you're reading the newspaper of one of our biggest allies. So and now, and so, but again, I don't know. The BBC is still at least selling their product to the, the British consumer, and not all of them are pro-American. Well, you at least get some anti I'm sorry to cut you off. Oh, no, you're fine. Really on, but yeah, at least with them, you get a little bit of anti-American snip in there. But isn't that kind of going back <laughs> to my original argument was, yeah, okay, so you get, so they add some vanilla extract to it. Yeah, exactly. But they're still giving you a, a story. I don't see with this sort of allies... With the strength of you know that ally, I don't see them putting out any information that they knew would cause too big of a riff. You know, like for instance, a BBC, BBC is if they come across a story that could ignite a war between the Brits and the Americans, they would not necessarily put that out there. Depending on who it is, you know what I mean. Depending on who that's stumbles across, yeah, it. <laughs> that's um, a hard thing to predict. I, I well, again, yeah, well, I, I can't guarantee that, but I'm just saying I think it's less likely that they would put something that if it would if it would enrage the Americans so much that it messes with the American economy, which then messes with England's economy, do they just decide to not print the story and not get the corrupt business in trouble so that everyone still continues if to If it benefit? would sell more newspapers, I think they would totally publish it. I maybe. really do. <laughs> it's, it, it, maybe that company has more money than they could make off of selling newspapers. Again, it, 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 again, it's, it's, it's all certain. If the politician is in their pocket, you're right. If they're in the politician's pocket, or I'm sorry, yeah, if they're if they're paying the politician, but they're still focused on that consumer dollar, I think they would publish it. If they're ran by the state or by just a, a few politicians' interests, or if that politician has the card where they can say, whoa, 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 on that war story, remember all this fucking access I gave you, you're not running that shit, or you're not getting that access ever again, or you owe me this favor. I could kind of see that. The reason I turn to BBC and NPR, basically, for most of my news, is because the British consumer isn't necessarily pro-American. While the British government may be, and the BBC is still selling to the British consumer, and the European consumer, who holds a bigger market share than the American consumer does. So I don't really think they'd be so worried about the American consumer that they would not run a story because it would piss Americans off. If anything, it would boost the readership over there. Um, so uh, that's why I turn to them because, again, at least it's a way you can use the free market on your side today, even with it being ran by so many organizations, is they're still reporting to that dollar. But, again, if that dollar has to pass through the politician's hand first, who knows? Right, or if, let's say, as a, for instance... Let's just use the oil boogeyman for this, for instance. Let's say if you adhere to the idea that politicians may potentially be bought and paid for in some circumstances, let's say, and let's take the BBC out of it for this particular, let's just say there is an oil company or an electronic company or an automobile company that strongly backs both a politician and also maybe has a holding in or maybe it's the same media company like you said maybe the media company owns that you know you never know what what I where I come from I I have the concept of there might be the possibility for a, a couple of businesses to be big enough to own both the politician and the radio station okay. at the same time that would then say hey this story's not it's so 
the anyone who would want to make the argument that I watch too much TV will probably just throw this at me that I watch too much House of Cards. But I guess for lack of a better way of putting it, I see that show as being a little more accurate than it, a little more. I not think it's more accurate than fantasy. the West Wing. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. More accurate than the West Wing. I, I know it's absolutely that it is fiction. It is fictionalized. But I think that the way the way things get done, I think it actually accurately portrays the way things get done in our system. And I think that um, also uh, take that with a grain of salt, though, because that, that show has a $100 million budget and is allowed on Washington, D.C. set. And again, once again, you understand they're never going to if, if our government is allowing them to shoot on our nation's capital, know that they're never going to tell you anything that you aren't allowed to know. That no, right. nothing true is going to come from that. So, don't I, 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 I say that almost as a disclaimer to what I just said. <laughs> like, don't go overboard with what I said. Don't take it as me saying that politicians are murdering people and throwing them in front of trains. I'm just saying wheels probably get greased behind closed doors. That's what I'm no saying. No doubt. No doubt about that. And you're talking about businesses being big enough to be in both, like, teams' pockets. You know what I mean? So they get it's to run the narrative. Ultimate, it's the like, ultimate play. What would I keep you bringing this up. but And that's why I want to remove the power element from it, because I think money is inherent. Capital is inherent no matter how you work it. The only thing you can remove is the power over people or the, the slavery of people in the way I look at it. But you look at, like, a car manufacturers out there. Some of the biggest backers, and I've said this before, of, like, engine emission standards have been car manufacturers. But then they get to turn around and be like, oh, look at what the government's doing. So they get a tax credit on top of it. So they get to push the big, the smaller businesses that are trying to enter it out, and then they get that tax credit later because they produce the cars at the right emission levels yeah. to pay off the fucking money that they're losing by the initial research. So the taxpayer is paying for them to stay this big business pushing the little guy out. Um, and they definitely are big enough to do that. You get to play on both of those crowds. And what Bernie Sanders, or not Bernie Sanders, well, I might as well say Gary Johnson well, Gary Sanders could have done is he could have stood out and been like, look at what, basically what I just said. Look at what's going on. Look at this corrupt system. Instead, he's pan he's trying to just get the seat like a typical politician. Mm -hmm. And if you have a, a Ross Perot or better yet, a Ron Paul character out there, they're going to be like, look at that shit. Look at it. That's what I stand against. Like, we need to do something about this. Whereas Gary Johnson is just, right now, he's trying to pander to the liberal um, because I think he's going to get, he knows he's going to get the, the anti-Trump Trump people, the people that are going to vote the party line pretty much for sure, but still don't like Trump. So it's not going to be hard to win a, a few of those people over at yeah, least. but no. But, yeah, there's, I definitely don't disagree with you there that there's some businesses in both sides' pockets. I just, I think if you remove the government from that, then business is going to flow through. And we were talking about monopolies earlier. Fucking, like, the only way a monopoly has ever flourished is by serving the consumer. So, in politics, we yeah. constantly hear the monopoly knocked. The only way, like, uh, is it Rockefeller that made his fortune in oil? Yes. I think it was. Either way, the yeah. only way that man flourished as a fucking monopoly was by keeping his prices so low that the consumer bought his. Like, completely crashed the markets, basically. But because he had enough money saved up, he just went in and bought the other oil companies. Um, but what he was doing the entire time was undercutting them. And the way he did that was by saving money. And anytime he started to raise his prices, other businesses started to, to swallow up that business. 
and there's a reason why the Rockefellers, uh, your conspiracy cast could probably tell me the exact number, but there's a reason they don't own the entire oil market at this point in time. You know, like at the end of the day, he had to make a profit again. These other businesses got the opportunity to step in because you look at like centralization and shit like that, it's inherently cheaper in most circumstances to, to run a market out of a smaller area and just, you know what, make your money that way. And he couldn't really do that. And you look at monopolies throughout the ages, they've only existed outside of just serving consumer by government intervention. So yeah. the electric company, the telephone company, the water it gets company. created. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of it's <laughs> try and disconnect get a right, the grid. Yeah, you get a right taken away from you, and then you get taxed. You get to pay to have it back. Yeah, at a taxable rate. Have you seen any of the articles about where like houses within certain zoning districts? Because if you live way out in the country and the utilities aren't available to you, obviously they can't force you. Um, so you get to have well water and a septic system. But if you live in the city, if your home is completely capable of having solar panels on it, run your entire house and you're happy with that, you still have to click connect to the electric. You still have to connect to the grid. And if you don't, the government gets to say your house is uninhabitable and kick you out of it by force. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. Now, I know so that's a monopoly that with point, fucking actual force behind it. Right, exactly. And and that's usually what happens. Of, you know, you, The Federal Reserve is a good sort of... <laughs> The, the um, I could talk about this for hours. Actually, the um, the the bank crash and how it was the effect that it had, and how big banks handled what they did to sort of create that situation. For instance, um, J.P. Morgan started rumors of other banks going out of business and not having enough money in the bank to sustain other accounts and you know the, this rumor mongering that was going around by several other big banks it's reportedly I don't have see because we didn't actually prepare for this podcast and this was sort of just an off-the-cuff thing I don't have the, any notes to back this up so what I would suggest is that no one just listen to what I'm saying and blindly take it as fact because it's not fact. All I'm trying to do is bring up something that you should go ahead and look up on your own. Tell me that I'm wrong in the comments. Give me the right information. I will always go back and correct myself, especially when it's brought to my attention. It, it We all miss some things, but that's neither here nor there. Look into the way that those rumors caused people to run to their banks and withdraw all their money and they forced sort of it was uh, the result was already in place you know there the, the the solution was sort of already in place with the Federal Reserve and then there's always that there was that big pitch of stability and how this was gonna make everything better and it was gonna fix this big big major uh, crisis, and then it turns around and it gives all this power and all this money back to those original bankers who caused the <laughs> crisis in the first place by telling lies about their competitors. And try and convince anybody on either side of the subject that you don't need a Federal Reserve to begin with. You can't do it. Well, if they read, you could. Yeah. That's what Ron Paul was. I mean, his book, And the Fed, check it out. But that's uh, what he was willing to do. You say that to a Republican or a Democrat, and they're just going to laugh because they don't know what else to do. Hey, well, you know what? To, get, <laughs> to combat that, to get yourself a laugh, I dare you. I've done this occasionally. 
when I really feel like ruining the mood at a bar or a party, I'll just ask someone if they could to do their best to explain to me how the Federal Reserve works or just go ahead and hit them with how is money created? You know, like <laughs> What I've is been, a fiat I've currency? Been, right, exactly. <laughs> I've been really struggling with how our money is created. Like, you know, I just fi find some way to sugarcoat it. Don't, <laughs> don't look, don't look. Uh, we should like just Google leading. it. <laughs> oh, oh no! I've I've done my yeah. I wonder what Google would show up there. It's it's interesting. <laughs> it's funny when you type it into YouTube, you get these really really playful and dumbed down like child instructional videos about reserve notes and bonds and how uh, some of them are really on the nose and satirical about well first. Over in this building, they have to print out this sized piece of color paper, and then they put that in a suitcase in exchange for three suitcases of this smaller little piece of paper. Uh, but so, I actually like the fact that we aren't—we don't have all of the numbers and everything pulled up for everybody because it just will sort of reinforce the concept of Nobody what we want from our listeners. <laughs> a, nobody, nobody knows exactly how this works. B, you need to do your own research. There's but, people out there that know and they can tell you they just tend to lean libertarian or utilitarian. Exactly. <laughs> and there there are videos you can go watch, and pe but again, you have to understand that those videos were made with an agenda. So rarely in my life have I experienced a situation where the agenda was to inform. For instance, I have an agenda, okay? My agenda for this, for what we're doing, is to try to instill open, honest dialogue because I think that is the way that it's probably not necessarily the end-all solution to our problems, but at the very least, it's a start. You can't solve a problem if you don't admit you have one. Right. So until we're all sitting in a room saying, well, getting our gripes out there, we're never going to fix anything until we can at least try to get... I mean, we're probably never going to fix anything anyway, <laughs> if I'm being really honest about it. I don't know, man. we got like 20 viewers. We're going to make a change. <laughs> hey, yeah, exactly. Well... <laughs> Well, talking about the banking system, though, just in case people are curious, they would go back to private banks. They would go to back to banks backed by something instead of a fiat currency, which is essentially based off of what they project trade it being. And it's well, like, it's, yeah, it's the, the when we create debt, it's it's when we create money, it's created out of debt, and that yeah. people don't understand like that percentage of how much, and people want to talk about the national debt like it's some big horrible thing, and that it's like, that it's directly reflective of your president and how they perform without really knowing any of the any of the methods behind it. They don't know how their debts their their debt is created. They don't know where it came from. They don't understand why we owe so much money. But it's you know, it's every time a dollar <laughs> is created, it's created in debt and there's a big you know, the percentage And then stimulus is supposed to fix it when it's created out of the same debt. So all you're doing is is fucking increasing inflation because your dollar's worth less because you owe more, and then there's more money out there that's not worth anything because it's based off debt, so the value of it goes down. And, and people want to talk about paying off this debt without realizing that there's more debt than there is money. Yeah. So to pay off the debt, then that means there's no more money, so then what do you do? Like, it's literally, it is, it's a, Basically, I wanted to say, I didn't want to, I was trying to go away from cars. It's like, it's it's made out of duct tape. It's like this little encompassing circle. It's a pyramid like it's, scheme. It, it, you yeah. get people to buy into it faster than you bleed out, and that's what they're doing. But it's coming to an end slowly but surely. I mean, it just it can't stand up to a global market. 
Uh, I mean, we've already seen the credit rating depreciate. Um, it's just, it's got to happen. China's quit lending us money at such a huge rate. I find it so funny how many Democrats wanted all these fucking programs that are only going to expand the debt because of income inequality. But all of these programs would have increased the borrowing from what was then China, and most of it probably still would be. It would be coming straight from China. Mm. Talk about a fucking poor population ruled by an authoritarian regime. You're going to borrow more money against these people that are fucking held into the Stone Age? Are you shitting me? That's your version of income inequality? Like, isn't this supposed to be some globalist economy where we build everybody up? Oh, globalist. <laughs> you said the magic word. You reminded me. I, I, I found a couple of screenshots for you so we can start working <laughs> once we get Did some soundbite buttons. Alex uh, Jones assaulting, well... I would call it an assault because he invaded the the fucking set. But did you see Alex Jones coming on the Young Turks? No, I did not. Set? So did did should I should I like to should I try to pull that up for yeah, us real we quick? Probably and, just fucking end on that. Yeah, I, that that will be a good a good way to go out. I oh yeah, Alex Jones. So oh, that reminds me. I found this fantastic meme. I'm gonna post it to your uh, to your sixty grit Facebook page later. I saved it. It's uh, the joke is. Why did the chicken cross the road? Why? Because he's a globalist, and it's got <laughs> Alex Jones pounding the desk, and it just says, because he's a globalist, and it's in big letters. And it might not sound funny to you over the radio, but if if you've heard or seen an Alex Jones video, it should be funny, because that's his reason for everything. Everything <laughs> has always been globalism. Globalist, globalist. He, he, he says globalist the way GW used to say terrorist, terrorist. <laughs> And it's funny, and that's, again, why I don't, it's why I'm starting to see through the bullshit on both sides. It's like, you guys are using the same methods. It's almost like, the way I see it, uh, if you were smart, if you were this brilliant person in charge of, of controlling these things, would you not um, put, what's the best way, the best way to control the opposition is to also be the opposition sort of thing. Right. Where it's like, I, I'm starting to not even... Uh, if the, if, to me, if I see you using the same methods, how can you call them liars and then yet you do the same thing? Right. No doubt. And I bet both him and the Young Turks got the same amount of clicks off the same fucking headline. Because everybody's already made up their mind of who their guy is in it. Oh, oh right. I exactly. see an asshole. I hate the Young Turks. I fucking hate them. Alex Jones looks like a complete douchebag in this. If I was with the Young Turks, I would punch him in the fucking dome. So <laughs> we'll we'll get speaking of that we will now here's our chance to see what they did do because I'm watching this for the first time of course this is gonna have I guess a little bit of their spin on it because it's coming from their channel so it really if, if they just show the live clip they don't need to that's what I'm saying the same amount of people will see who they want to see as the winner what just happened wait you're right well that other one was nine minutes. Uh, Significantly worse than him. Here. Right, we're back there we go. Uh, obviously, a little bit of commotion here. As Alex Jones and a guy significantly worse than him uh, entered the stage here. What chase the demographics uh, that he wins white males in such overwhelming numbers is that it overcomes every other demographic advantage. Oh, that's good. Hey, Alex Jones, how you doing? All right. <laughs> How's the revolution going? You guys start the revolution? We are indeed, Alex. Uh, the revolution is afoot. Um, welcome to the Young Turks. You know, throw America's <laughs> uh, I am going to 
restore American democracy along with progressives and conservatives in this country. All right, well, I don't tell you. I'm really, really proud of you. I'm really intimidated person. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing okay. You like all our Hillary for prison shirts or what? Oh, I kind of despise it. <laughs> what shirts are they? I haven't seen any. You haven't seen? Oh, my God. You haven't seen me? I don't exist. You haven't seen me? when two liars get into a fight, though. That's exactly what happens. There's so much dirt on each other, it just degenerates, and the people that are already fans are only here to fight them over here. People get a lot angrier when they are caught in bullshit than when they're wrongfully accused of bullshit. No doubt. Oh, is it coming back? I think, oh. I think, it, I think it's coming back. I don't know. Did, did it get worse than this? Oh, uh, yeah. At one point, he supposedly spits in his face. Pots and kettles, that's what this should have been called. But this is our level of media provider. The Young Turks well, aren't like their own station. They're still fucking giving. If that was Alex Jones and he was interrupting our shit, I would have just told him to fuck off and kept recording. See, but then it, it which is, yeah, because what they did instead was give him exactly what he wanted. Yeah. I For think, instance, that yeah, that girl in the red. I don't know who she was, but that's that's the perfect example. Yeah, you, she lost your cool. Well, 
when you think when a guy like that with a t-shirt like that and an attitude where he's going to interrupt your show in the middle of your show, you think that isn't exactly what he wants. Exactly. And, His and, viewer loves that. And people yeah. just, they aren't. Yeah, and I understand, you know, your blood temper, your, your, your blood boils, your temperature goes up, and you maybe lose some control, but you just, you have to be smarter than that. You ha you can't buy into it. But th see, this, this I'm glad that you showed me this, because this is... It's a great way to wrap up because this is exactly what I was talking about, that these guys are both that, – that's how I can tell they're both full of shit or all three of them are full of shit based on how that whole thing just went because it's – you get really angry and defensive without having anything to say to back your anger. That happens to you when you're caught in a lie. Right. When all you when, – when your response instantly is just to attack the other person. I don't know he's caught in a person, lie there. I – well, no. What I mean, and just to them, Alex Jones, I'm talking about the, them people. all. Them all in general. The way that they reacted to yeah. me shows me that they're not genuine. It shows me that there's some weight in what the other was accusing, which to me shows that all three parties are parties that I can't trust because not one of those people handed that situation as an adult. No. And no. Um, and again, there's. It's not to say that they shouldn't have been angry, but there's a noticeable difference in human behavior when someone is caught in a lie and when they're angry at something that they've been accused of that right. is obviously something that they haven't done. And he's a liberal show, and Alex Jones believes in lizard people. Like, I, yeah, no doubt. Like, they definitely... But my thing is, is if you know you have the facts on your side, you, like, the only thing you would do in that situation to me is be chill. Like, it, it, the worst... You would think. The best thing you could do there is if you know you own Alex Jones and he has nothing on you, is be like, yeah, Alex, tell me what your problem is. Yeah. Like, give him two minutes or whatever it takes him to say his problem, cut him off and be like, oh, yeah, well, and refute it or talk about all the bullshit he put out. But they know he has so much shit on him there. Like, it's just pissing him off. He's like, oh, fuck, he's going to bring up this. He's getting, like, exactly. Yeah. If, you so, know, if you know that you're good and you're sitting from a good place mm -hmm. and you trust what you've been doing and you don't think this guy has – then you sit there and you let him make an ass out mm -hmm. of himself and know that that's only going to benefit you. So the, like exactly to what you said, the way he reacted just kind of shows like if you're scared of Alex Jones being there into the way that you react that way or you get angry, yeah. then I, one of two things, either you're not sincere in what you're doing or what you're doing is more about you than it is about what you exactly. claim it is because you're getting all riled up because you can't stand it, how your image is being affected right now and how dare someone do that to you. And that's why I hate Alex Jones because that's how he is on the phone. And and the Young Turks, from what I've seen, every time I've watched them, they give off the, the – to me – they're, they're spin they're, doctors too. They're exactly – I was going to say they're, they're just as bad but with a different angle. If he didn't want to debate him there, if he already had a fucking script he'd been working on for two months, like ready to go – I'm sure he has a fucking personal security detail. Alex Jones at that point is trespassing on their fucking set, even if it is at the RNC. Tell your security to handle it and don't even like give him the time of day. That's the only way you look like the bigger man there. But I mean, <laughs> to me, again, it's part of that trickle down. I mean, now we're having people yeah. that people trust to provide them their news getting in a fistfight on stage <laughs> over an emotional argument where once again, what was brought to that table that was fact? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing they talked about was of substance. And yet it's got it's got people paying attention to it. It's draw you know, it's got Alex Jones supporters more on his side because oh I like it. I like when he I like when he fucks with people like that. Man, I love when Alex does that. He really knows how to yeah. he really knows how to make you uncomfortable and show your true colors. And 
And then the people that were already against him are like, well, this is why I was against him. But nobody gained anywhere. You just got further entrenched. And again, to me, it's just one more stroke of the paintbrush to this picture that's being painted right now of we're just all so separated that we can't even fucking think straight. I don't think you need somebody pulling the puppet strings. I think this is what we're responding to right now anyway. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, this this is what what we are. And then I guess the the question is is just you know did we get this way on our own or that that's where I get at with this whole influence of the brain. It's like how much of this I, I would never be the, I'm not the type of person to put all my problems on somebody else. Someone did this to me. Fuck that. No, I made my choices and I have. But but how much of it was an outside influence and how much of it is just my human nature and my genetics. Because I believe it's a mixed bag. I just wish I could know what the formula was right. for what, what makes you who you are and how susceptible I am. Like, if I continue to watch this shit, will I turn into Alex Jones? Right. If I listen to Bill Hicks and George Carlin every day, am I going to be a cranky old grump all day, every day? That might be what happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> George Carlin may have made me a cranky old <laughs> That may be what happened there. I completely understand what you're saying, though. Yeah, like, they're feeding into their own fucking shit there. I don't know how much this will get around. I don't. But again, the people that want to see it are going to see it, and they're going to pick their pick and their team already. Exactly, already your team, teams are already picked. You're and in. then you're going to see enough comments on either side of it on either video to reinforce that there's a bunch of people on your team. Yep. So it gives enough you, for you to pay <laughs> no attention to those on yeah. the other side. You got your, their numbers. Yeah. Unless you're one of those people that just def- actually wants to be right instead of being part of the majority. Right. That which, that, which is rare. Getting <laughs> rare and rarer these days, yeah. but. With that, I think I think it's a, a good spot for us to to say goodnight. I know definitely we've got a big day tomorrow with a couple more podcasts. I know you've you brought us in. You you've got definitely definitely want to tune in tomorrow. tomorrow if you watch this over the next twelve hours. I think we're going to start right around one o'clock. We'll put a, a warning before the live link comes out. But we got a few people from uh, Sucker Magazine coming on to Bread and Circus, so that should be fun. Yeah, it's gonna be a great um, time. So, yeah, they're out of California. It's a magazine. Check out SuckerMagazine.com, uh, or you can find them on Facebook. Um, but if you don't make it around to it tonight, they'll definitely be on tomorrow, and you'll find out everything you want to know, so tune in there. Um, yeah, we definitely check us out for that. It'll be a, a, a really cool show, and then we'll have our Bad Dinner Guest, our nightly Sunday podcast coming out as well tomorrow. What are you guys so talking about? We... It's going to be a surprise for the audience because it's going to be a surprise for us. I still have to do uh, my research towards... We were going to be talking about Waco and Ruby Ridge, but our, our guest had to bump it back a week. So whereas we had, we had, we've been preparing for two weeks for this episode, and now it's not coming for another week. So we're going to do something on the fly. So again, check it now, um, check us out on Twitter and Facebook because I will definitely let you know when we decide what it's going to be. That's the the channel name, which is Bad Dinner Guest, is also their podcast name. It's the the flagship. Everything, whether, yep. whether you're looking for our video game play, if it's Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, it's Bad Dinner Guest for everything. Uh, we even have a blog where we post some short stories, so... Right Check on. that stuff out, too. Definitely like to encourage you, if you're tuning into this, leave some comments. I would love to have some comments to read at the end of every episode and maybe rebuttal. Um, i definitely like more people to tell me I'm wrong than I'm right because that will make for good episodes. Uh, so check us out at 60 Grit Radio on Facebook. You can comment there or message me there or just comment on the YouTube link. 
Um, again, we're on Bad Dinner Guests. Uh, check out the entire channel because we got a lot of shit for everything from Twitch gaming to uh, conspiracy theories to this libertarian cast. Um, if you have stories you want to submit, give them a uh, shout yeah. over at Bad Dinner Guests. Uh, yeah, we'll Facebook get them up there. or email. You know, again, it's always just a name. So find us on one <laughs> of those. Reach out. So much of this also, or even if you want to start your own podcast. Talk to me. Talk to RJ at Sixty Great Radio. Talk to any one of us. We're all about giving people a venue or an avenue to get their own. I would product love to see a status start their own program on their channel. That'd be the fucking bee's knees to me. Yeah, is to have somebody on there that's a complete counterpoint to what I want to do with this. We want more outsiders. We're getting plenty of outsiders on the gaming aspect of it, but we want some more people that just a different variety. I. Love the gamers. I want more gamers to come too. Don't take that the wrong <laughs> Roger way. Roger Ailes, we're on. looking at you, man. Yeah. We got Allison from Fox coming over to Bad Dinner Guest. <laughs> um, this has been 60 Grit Radio. I think we're out. We are over and out. We'll see you beautiful people very soon.